0: This is the message from Connection Community Church for this Sunday, June thirtieth, 2013. Superheroes of the Bible, the unnamed woman. Good morning again, Connection Church. We are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? God, thank you for the opportunity to dig into your word, to explore who our superhero of this week is and what we can learn from her open up our hearts and holy spirit just fill us up we pray this in your name amen Amen. well today is our fifth and final week of the superheroes of the bible we have an interesting twist this week as we don't even know the name of our superhero today It's a woman whose story we find in the New Testament, in both Matthew and Mark, as they share about the accounts of Jesus's life.
1: Mm. In both of these accounts, the story of the unnamed woman is is actually kind of a story within a story. Jesus has just crossed uh, the lake by boat when one of the rulers of the synagogue, which is the Jewish house of worship, That ruler falls at the feet of Jesus and literally begs him to come to his house to put his hands on the man's daughter because she is dying. Jesus uh, proceeds as he is asked and follows this man, whose name, by the way, is Jairus, and follows him to his house.
0: On the way, something very interesting happens. If you have your Bibles or your smartphones, our focus will be Matthew chapter 5. We're beginning at verse 24. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. That's Jesus. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet, instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering.
1: According to Bible scholar William Barclay, from a Jewish point of view, this woman could not have suffered from a disease that was more terrible or humiliating than to be bleeding for 12 years. It was not all that uncommon in that area for, for that condition to be so for for a woman in that area. The, the Talmud, which is a primary source of Jewish religious law outside of the uh, scriptures, sets out no fewer than 11 different um, possible cures for this condition. Some were tonics, some were astringents, those things that uh, helped to, uh, constrict the uh, the blood flow um, and they found some of these maybe have, were somewhat effective for some women and then there were other remedies that were just superstitious in nature. Um, Mark makes it clear that this unnamed woman had tried well she tried everything. I, I love this next line that she had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and um, s- uh, she had spent all the money she had And she ended up worse at the end rather than better as a result of all this.
0: The challenges that this woman faced really went beyond the medical and far beyond being humiliated publicly. It's a challenge that we as Christians in this 21st century cannot even really understand. It's just beyond what we know today. The horror of this disease that she had, this 12 years of female bleeding, that really is a very natural thing for women. It's the way we're made, but it's 12 consecutive years, day in and day out. That rendered her unclean.
1: Unclean. According to BibleStudyTools.com, in Old Testament times, the ordinary state of things was cleanness, to be clean. But a person or a thing could contract ritual uncleanness or impurity in a variety of ways. One would be by skin disease, another would be through the discharge of bodily fluids like we have here, it could be touching something that's dead, or through eating uh, foods that had been listed as unclean. Now an unclean person, (coughs) excuse me, in general, had to avoid that which was clean or that which was holy and take steps to return to a state of cleanness. Purification always involved a waiting period of some, t- of some amount of time, sometimes brief, sometimes very extended. And it could also involve ritual washings that symbolized cleansing. It could uh, be um, uh, atoning or asking forgiveness through sacrifice and priestly rituals
0: the challenge for this woman was that there was never a break in her bleeding. It was for 12 years. She was always, always, always considered unclean. She had no chance of purification. Can you see how this was just such a a, a horrendous situation for her. According to the book of Leviticus, which is in the Old Testament that covers a lot of the rules and regulations of the Hebrews, everything and everyone she touched as an unclean woman became unclean as well. This was uh, her condition. And she became this religious and social pariah. I mean, no one would want to be around her. Because of this condition, through nothing that happened on her own, no doing of her (laughs) own, this woman was shut off virtually from everyone, all of society, fellowship. She was isolated. Truth be known, she shouldn't have even been in the crowd that day. She shouldn't have even been there because anyone she touched in the crowd would become unclean as well. But this woman was desperate. She was desperate. And desperate times call for desperate measures.
1: Mm. So have you ever been that desperate yourself? Have you ever been so desperate that you will consider going above and beyond what is reasonable, what is allowable, what is socially, religiously, or even legally acceptable. So desperate that you throw all caution to the wind, Uh, so desperate that the consequences of getting caught pale in comparison to the possibility of some kind of change. Have you ever been so desperate that you weren't even thinking about the consequences, your present situation being so undesirable that anything, anything would have been an improvement on the present reality that you were experiencing. Have you ever been that desperate? If you have, then you can begin to uh, comprehend, to connect with what we're talking about, what this woman, where she was in our story this morning. If if not, our hope is that you're never, that desperate, and that you'll be able to appreciate it just from this biblical story that we share today. But here's the question. The real question is, if you've ever been in that position, if you've ever been that desperate, what did you do? Or if you ever are in that desperate uh, position in the future, where will you turn? Our unnamed woman this morning, she turned to Jesus. She turned to Jesus painfully, valiantly, faithfully. She reached out to Jesus in her desperation. And the question is, what about you? Where will you turn?
0: And so she reached out to Jesus, and yet she did it in secret. And we know why she had to do that in secret, because she wasn't supposed to be there in the first place. Her situation was embarrassing, not to mention socially unacceptable. And as I said a few moments ago, just being in the crowd that day was way overstepping her bounds. And so can you imagine? You know, there's a crowd around Jesus. She's been on the outside, isolated, unclean, You know, shoved away for 12 years, and she makes her way through. She makes her way through the crowd, and she comes up behind Jesus and reaches out and touches his cloak, thinking she would be healed, thinking, knowing that if she could just touch his cloak... It would all be okay. Now, that's some kind of faith, isn't it? I just need to touch his cloak, and it'll be okay. If I can just get close enough, just get close enough. And she believed. And as soon as she touched the cloak, immediately, 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 she felt free from her suffering. And here's what happens next, which is quite a surprise.
1: At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? (laughs) You see people crowned against his disciples' answer, and you can ask, Who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. And then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, Your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Yeah. So all those years, there she is
0: isolated, desperate. I don't know about you, but I would begin to try to work out a plan. What can I do to change my situation? So you can just imagine those wheels turning in a brain. You know, it worked well on paper. If I can just touch his cloak just for a minute, I'll be healed. Just touch the hem. No big deal. Nobody will know. Huh, right. Because as soon as she touched it, Jesus said, who touched me? I mean, here Jesus is in a crowd. People are probably all over him, touching him. You know, everybody's around. And he knows when somebody's touching the hem of his cloak, who touched me? The disciples must have thought he was nuts because of the situation that he was in. Who touched you? All these people around, and who touched you? Are you kidding, Jesus?
1: (laughs) But the scripture tells us he kept looking around to see who had done it. He kept looking, he kept looking, he kept looking. And the funny thing is, he didn't have to look, did he? (laughs) Jesus knows everything. He knew who touched him, he knew that. He didn't need to look. But she needed to tell. She needed to Fess up, let's say. I don't know if she felt guilty or something. uh, Because she fessed up before he actually picked her out of the crowd there. And she fell at his feet, trembling with fear. We're told trembling with fear. Terrified. What a monster act of faith. As she confessed to what she had done not knowing what might happen to her. She was in a very, very dangerous position. We can't even start to understand in our culture, but a very dangerous position. She, she was already an outcast. <laughs> what might happen was anybody's guest already unclean. What could happen that could be any, anything worse? She was about to find out.
0: So we uh, zero in on then the woman knowing what had happened to her came and what did she do? fell at his feet. Funny thing happens when we fall down, I can imagine, on our knees, and there's no place to look except up, because looking down is pretty, pretty grim. But looking up and realizing that she's in the presence of the only one who can indeed heal her, It's funny what happens when um, perhaps we overreach our grasp and reach out to Jesus and and reach out and reach out and maybe overstepping our bounds, going beyond what we think is allowed in desperation to touch the hem of Jesus' garment. That's what we can do. That's what we do. Reach out, reach out just to touch the hem. Funny thing what happens when we finally come to him In faith, when we square up, when we confess, when we admit whatever it is that we've done, whatever it is that's in our heart, and here's what happens. When we come into the presence and we kneel before the Lord, we don't get condemned. We get commended. We get loved. We get mercy. We get grace. That's what happens. That's what happens because in place of our fear he offers forgiveness and freedom in place of our turmoil he offers tranquility and peace it's a peace that goes beyond anything that we can understand ourselves because it's a peace that comes from god's power from the power of the holy spirit
1: for 12 years she had suffered for 12 years She had been humiliated for 12 years. She had been outcast and ostracized on the outside, looking in for 12 long, 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 long years. She had been a loser. She was a loser. And here's why. She had lost everything. She had lost everything. She'd lost her health. She'd lost her money. It doesn't tell us, but I'm sure she'd lost her family, (laughs) her and her friends. She'd lost her town. She'd lost her church. She'd lost her freedom. She'd lost her value. She'd lost her dignity. She'd lost it all, except one thing, her faith. She hadn't lost her faith. When she heard about Jesus, heard the stories of how he was helping and healing people. She had faith, she had the faith that he had the power to help and heal her too. He had the power, the power to help her, the power to heal her, the power to redeem her, the power to restore her. He had the power to give her back everything she had lost. She had the faith he had the power. She had the faith. Say it with me. He had the power.
0: We love this story wow. because That's we can learn so much from this woman of great, great faith. Sooner or later, we too are losers, and I don't mean that in the sense of the way the culture uses that term, but that we all lose something. We lose relationships. We lose we lo- I'm not even going to go into the list. We all sooner or later will lose something, sometimes many things. And when that happens, it's important to know where to look. We're gonna look down, are we going to look down? Are we going to look up to the loving God? Are we going to lift our hands and our eyes for where our help comes? Where are we going to look? Our unnamed woman gives us the answer, and it's mm-hmm. Jesus.
1: If yeah, she had the faith, He had the power, right? Say it with me. She had the faith, he had the power. That's important to remember. We have the faith, he has the power. You know, it's something. (laughs) This woman, we don't even know her name yet. She, in my book anyway, is a superhero. Let me remind you of our definition. Superhero is a character in a film or story who has special strength and uses it to do good things and help other people. Her special strength was she had the faith, he had the power. And we go, okay, well, how did she help other people? She helped herself. I think she helped me and you. She helped me and you. It reminds us (laughs) that when we have the faith, he's got the power. The power to help, the power to heal, the power to redeem, the power to restore, the power to give us back what we have lost. You know, many of us have stories. (laughs) I love those stories of how our lives have been redeemed, how our lives have been restored, and and how we've claimed uh, what we have lost thanks to this great love that Jesus has for us. And I think some of you right here now are in the process of remaking your story. Actually, it's Jesus remaking your story. Yeah, and you realize restoration and redemption and, 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 and finding what was lost here today, even as we speak. And these stories are powerful, aren't they? Very powerful stories uh, because they're fueled by this power that Jesus has, the power of love that he has for you and for me. Here's a really good, important question, though. These stories are so important. When was the last time you shared your story with somebody else? When was the last time you shared your story of Jesus' power and love for you with somebody else who maybe needed to hear it? And here's another question. When was the last time you asked somebody about their story? You gave somebody the opportunity to share their story with you.
0: So in the month of June, we've been in our superhero series. We started at the beginning of June with Gideon. Then we learned about Deborah, Ananias, Paul, and today the unnamed woman. There are many, many, many more superheroes in the Bible. We hope you're reading your Bible. We hope that you're uh, reading that summer reading plan, and and if you're not, it's okay. Just to open your Bible and read it. God has something in store for you when you read His Word. The thing to remember is God put all those people in places as examples for us to be superheroes. But our ultimate superhero is Jesus Christ, because He is the one with the strength that comes in through us through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's that special strength that we can claim so that we can walk every day out in faith. We don't have to see what tomorrow brings because we know that we are in the presence of the living God today. Isn't that enough? It should be enough. We, all we need to know about is today because tomorrow has all the troubles of its own. God already knows what's there. And so let's uh, zero in on God's strength and goodness. There's one scripture we want to leave you with today. Can you say this with me? For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. That is the good news. Let's live it and let's believe it. Amen? Amen. Amen. Would you pray with me, please? Almighty God, thank you so much for this unnamed woman. We don't know her name, but you sure do. Thank you for using her as an example of faith. Help us, Lord, uh, turn to you just as she did and, and put our trust in you and just reach out and maybe cross over those bounds that have been set in place that we can really over when it comes to you. As you receive us, as your daughter, he said, daughter, your faith has made you well. Jesus would say that to us, daughter, son, your faith has made you well. Thank you, God. We give this time to you in the name of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit. And all of Connection Church said, Amen.
1: Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at www.connectioncc.org. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life that he offers.